You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Well, I've been a hunter all my life. I love animals. That's why I like to kill them. Good day, Roy. Spill, a tough, fearless backwoodsman who have chosen to live in a violent, unrelenting world of nature's creatures where only the fittest survive. Today, they are off to hunt mosquitoes. <laughs> Mosquito is a clever little bastard. You can track him for days and days until you really get to know him like a friend. He knows you're there, and you know he's there. It's a game of wits. You hate him, then you respect him, then you kill him. Suddenly, Hank spots the mosquito thereafter. rely on the skills they have learned from a lifetime's hunting. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, I'm your co-host, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Today we're talking about mosquitoes. This is a listener request from Ernie. So, Ernie, I hope you enjoy. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. A nine-year-old Irina walked into a forest in the Russian town of Berezniki back in August to pick berries, a task required of those competing for the top prize at one of Russia's most bizarre animal festivals. To win, Irina was the one who needed to be delicious, and that might be the most creepy sentence I've ever said. (laughs) And when she emerged from the woods with 43 mosquito bites, Irina was crowned tastiest girl at the Russian Mosquito Festival, which is a real thing. And as a prize, she got a ceramic cup for 43 mosquito bites. The Ah. Russian Mosquito Festival, which we are not making up, also has mosquito hunting competitions, mosquito squeak contests, and a mosquito costume contest, and what sounds like the most pleasant part of the experience, a barbecue competition. Yeah. Now, if you're thinking, oh, Russia, you're so weird, you should also know that there is the Great Texas Mosquito Festival held every year in Clute, Texas, although there isn't any sort of competition encouraging attendees to just let the insects bite them. Well, that's because you might get malaria or something. (laughs) You might. Or West Nile or whatever. (laughs) Sure. Like, Russian mosquitoes apparently don't carry any diseases. No, they don't. It's but they ha- it has to be like a certain temperature for, for them to bite, and the the type of mosquito that they have in Russia doesn't even really carry any disease that is harmful to humans. So. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, they just make you itch. Oh god. <laughs> and apparently, win prizes if you get enough of them. I think the article said that the year before, the winner had over a hundred mosquito bites. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> humans. Humans are weird. Humans are weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
telling you, there's nothing on this show that surprises me as much as the behavior of humans sometimes. <laughs> I was like, wow, Homo sapiens. We should do a show on Homo sapiens sometimes. I'm like, this is the weirdest animal. It's going to be a five-hour podcast if we Seriously. ever cover humans. I know. <laughs> Just a reminder, everybody, to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to the audio in our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Varmint's Podcast, all one word, and at Varmint's Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. Today we're going to learn about mosquitoes. Let's learn about mosquitoes. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about mosquitoes today. Mosquitoes are a small member of the fly family. In fact, the name mosquito is Spanish for little fly. Yeah, I know. I was looking that up, and it, I th- was hoping it was going to mean something like tiny jerk face. But no. <laughs> no, little fly. Pretty boring. They are found absolutely everywhere in the world. In fact, if you want to move somewhere where there are Starbucks and Netflix but no mosquitoes, you should move to Iceland and send the Varmint's Podcast a postcard because there are no mosquitoes in Iceland at all. That's another great reason for considering immigrating to Iceland, as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to go go. to Iceland. So would I. Let's go! Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll pack up the families and go. I feel like I'm forgetting something here. Um... Oh, right. Mosquitoes are the deadliest animal in the world. (laughs) Yep, they are. Well, technically, the animals that they carry in their systems are the deadliest animals in the world. The malaria parasite is the deadliest animal in the world, Um, technically. But that's sort of like saying, you know, the... uh, I mean, they're the delivery device, right? So. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. okay, well... Malaria-carrying mosquitoes kill about 725,000 humans annually to this day. I know. And people are afraid of sharks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that is more than other humans, snakes, dogs, tsetse flies, assassin bugs, freshwater snails, roundworms, tapeworms, crocodiles, hippopotamuses, elephants, lions, wolves, and sharks combined. Yeah, it's like a lot more. It's not even a small amount more. It's a lot more. We held off on doing a Mosquitoes episode for a while because we were like, well, they're so deadly and they kill a lot of people. How are we ever going to make this episode fun? So hopefully we'll we'll make it a little bit fun and interesting and all that good stuff. Well, luckily there are a lot of different species of mosquito. And when I was doing my research, I came up with this hypothesis that the jerkiness of the mosquito is in direct proportion with their size. Like the bigger they are the less dangerous they are <laughs> and the less uh, of a problem to humans and it and it you know it, it it would i'd have to look at every single species to know but it just seems like that if when they get bigger they start doing different things um i looked at an article from 2013 about the th- this huge mosquito that sometimes hangs out in florida it's a super-sized mosquito. It's like f- several times the size of an ordinary mosquito. And they are a gallnipper? Gallinipper. Gallinipper okay. mosquito. So these are mega mosquitoes. They're the size of quarters. Um, they're 20 times bigger than the common little Asian tiger mosquito. 
that they have that same striped legs and everything. And in 2013, they were expecting them to sort of cover up Florida. The scientist that's talking to the Daily Mail in the article that I read about said that their bite is really hard, that you can definitely tell when you've been bitten by one. <laughs> that's true. Um, but aside from that, they, uh, they have a much more painful bite, but they don't carry malaria or any other disease that's dangerous to humans. So, like, they're B-52 bomber-sized mosquitoes. They're a huge mosquito. <laughs> and you will apparently know if you've been in a fight with them. But uh, they don't carry any diseases, so that's good. But they're not the biggest species either. The biggest is actually the elephant mosquito. And it eats fruit and nectar and stuff. And it's enormous. It's, it's really big. So the math seems to be that, yeah, their relative jerkiness seems to be in proportion with their size. The little ones are meaner. <laughs> oh, yeah. The little ones are trouble. <laughs> so there you go. I think I'll put pictures of both that and maybe a picture of the elephant mosquito as well, because they are just freaking enormous. But what did you uh, experience of this big gallinipper breed mosquito? If you get bit by a regular old Asian mosquito, you generally don't know it until they're, they've got an abdomen full of blood from you. But if you get bit by one of those things, it's not as bad as a bee sting, but you definitely know that you've been bit. <laughs> Do you swear? Like oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You swear and go, my God, did you see the size of that mosquito? <laughs> oh my and then you whack it. Ah, I bet they make a mess, too. <laughs> oh, they do. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's pretty much what they're known for, is biting people and spreading disease. And how do they do that? Mm -hmm. They have long-range chemical sensors that can detect carbon dioxide and lactic acid. So if you're outside working hard, sweaty, breathing heavily, you become a target for mosquitoes. Their vision is a good mid-range sensor so that if you're wearing clothing that distracts with the background and you're moving around, they can kind of zero in on you with their, with their vision. And they can detect heat. So once they get close enough, they can find uh, like warm-blooded mammals and birds very, very easily. And all of these sensors are located at the head of the mosquito. Mm -hmm. So the mosquito lands on you, and it's always the female mosquito that will bite you. Uh, male mosquitoes' mouth parts are better suited for plant nectar. That's because they feed their babies with the blood, right? Yes, okay. with the blood meal that they collect with their mouth parts. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite sentence in all of my show notes. <laughs> so these little mouth parts that they have, it's not really like... Mosquitoes aren't flying hypodermic needles. They're actually four separate mouth parts that pierce the skin and then two tubes that draw the blood out. And the mosquito's saliva contains an anticoagulant. So when the mosquito is sucking your blood, it doesn't clog up their little their little mouth part things. And uh, a mosquito right. will just keep on drinking until it's full or until it's disturbed. Mm. Disturbed? Oh. Well. <laughs> until somebody stops it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to figure out how something that doesn't have a brain can be disturbed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Full for a mosquito is about five microliters. Wow. So yeah. a drop of water is about 50 microliters, to kind of put that into uh, into perspective. Yeah, okay. If you were to cut the sensory nerve to the mosquito's ab abdomen, it would just pop like a little balloon. Oh. Which I would love to see. <laughs> 
And of course, sometimes there are viruses floating around in that blood meal that reproduce inside the mosquito. And then if the mosquito bites you, it can infect you. Mm -hmm. And that's how disease gets spread. Yep. And the malaria parasite, of course, likes to hang out in there. Especially the malaria parasite. Also yellow fever, dengue fever. Not HIV. HIV does not survive in mosquitoes, so you cannot get HIV from a mosquito. Yep, that's true. Disclaimer time. The Varmints podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we are going to do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think I gave out my first one today for intelligence. They're just mindless little... Blood-sucking drones. They don't seem to have any intelligence whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I mean, all insects are really just little organic robots, right? But uh, some have more complicated behaviors than others. But these guys, they're not that complicated. They, they're good at being mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Back when Paul and I talked about beetles, I don't think we gave beetles a one. I think we gave them a two or a three, and I don't remember why we gave them a higher score but it seemed like they were people were training them to do things or or something but no mosquitoes can't be trained they're dumb they're a one right right (laughs) well and that's where we get into the whole that whole fuzzy you know what are we talking about when we say intelligence and blah 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 (laughs) these guys don't have a lot of novel behaviors they don't have any tool use you can't train them to do anything they're just food for critters and nuisance for everybody so hey we are going to talk about pop culture and a couple other things but before we do that these words trivia geeks the unpredictable game show podcast is back with a brand new season they've got a new host new games and a new day in time but that's not all now you can download their companion app triv now and play along in real time watch carrie on youtube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years listen on diamond club and alpha geek radio wednesday nights at 9 p.m eastern you can also follow the show on facebook and twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're a couple of nerds just like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. And the first pop culture reference I found for mosquitoes was the game Mr. Mosquito. Hmm. Yep, there was a video game called Mr. Mosquito. It was developed for the PlayStation 2 Back in 2001 by, I never know how to say this, Eidos or Eidos or Eidos? Yeah, I don't know. I should know. I'm losing nerd cred because I don't. But... <laughs> They're the people that are responsible for the Tomb Raider series. Right. E-I-D-O-S. Yeah. Eidos, maybe? I don't know. Eidos. I'll go with that. You play as Mr. Mosquito, which, as we learned, probably should be Mrs. Mosquito. The goal of the game is to stock up on blood through the summer so that the mosquito will survive the winter ahead. The player has to suck blood from specific body parts without being noticed. If the player isn't careful, the human can become stressed out and eventually attack. And here is that part of the gameplay. I've had it all! You're still alive? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, there is gameplay footage on YouTube. <laughs> it is a weird little game. It didn't get horrible reviews, surprisingly. It got kind of average reviews. And in 2008, Game Informer named it one of the top 10 weirdest games of all time. And I can <laughs> totally see that. You can still buy it, too. You can still go on Amazon or eBay or one of those. And you can you can buy Mr. Mosquito for your PlayStation 2. Yeah. You know, I don't have my PlayStation 2 anymore. So I think I'll have to oh, skip it. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably an emulator, though, somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. You could play it on the PC if you had an emulator. You could. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it's creative, you know? It is a cute game. It is, it's weird, but it is a little bit charming, too. It's, it it's is charming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, you know, I know we kind of put in a few ideas about what else for pop culture, and there are some weird, like, you know, the weird crappy sci-fi movies from the 90s and some sort of temporary Marvel superhero, I don't know, but I, I was sort of like, I'm not going to talk about that, I'm going to talk about it instead, it's sort of pop culture, everybody loves World War II stuff, right? Um, there's There were a couple of planes in World War II that were called the Mosquito, and I kind of developed a appreciation for aircraft and, you know, all things plane-y because my father was an air traffic controller in Vietnam. And then for probably several years after, um, when I was a child. So they used to take us to air shows and all that kind of stuff. And I've always been kind of into planes. So I'm not hugely uh, informed about them, but the mosquitoes are fun. And the one I want to talk about today is the DH-98 mosquito. And the reason why is because it's just one of those things that made me laugh. Um, the mosquito, the de Havilland DH-98 mosquito, it's a British multi-role combat aircraft with a two-man crew. It served during and after the Second World War. Um, and they called it the Wooden Wonder, but it is a light <laughs> bomber. It's a light bomber. <laughs> Which How is it a light bomber? It's like saying it's jumbo shrimp. Because it's a tiny shrimp. bomber. I know, I know. Jumbo yet shrimp. <laughs> light yet bomber. It is technically a light bomber. And that when they were developing them, it was called Project Mosquito. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I just love it. Um, they flew... Um, High-speed, medium, or low-altitude missions against factories, railways, and other pinpoint targets in Germany and German-occupied Europe. Uh, from late 1943, the bombers were formed into the Light Night Strike Force and used as pathfinders for the RAF Bomber Command's heavy bomber raids. They were also used as nuisance bombers. <laughs> <laughs> drop a bomb on them but it'll just be a nuisance it won't be like a bomb bomb <laughs> yeah but you know it's like mosquitoes are a nuisance and light bombers are apparently also a nuisance <laughs> anyway i'll put some pictures of the uh de Havilland mosquito on our show notes today so you can take a look at it and appreciate this sort of quite adorable little plane it's um it's a really attractive looking little 
little plan. I, I really like them. So. Cool. Yeah. Quick question. Did mm-hmm. your father come back from Vietnam with or without malaria? Without. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. My uncle served in Vietnam and he came back with malaria. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, and I don't know if he still suffers any side effects from malaria. I don't really know how malaria works. They've got good treatment for it today, but it is a lifetime commitment malaria. <laughs> so Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he listens to the podcast, so maybe he'll reach out and uh, tell us how he got malaria and, you know, if he still, if it still bothers him to this day or if it's still something that he has to deal with. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. What's your uncle's yeah. name? Joe. Uncle Joe? Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, we're sorry you got malaria. That must really suck. But we hope that, <laughs> uh, see, you suck, mosquito. Ha, ha, ha. You didn't get He'll it. He'll appreciate so, that. You didn't get it, so I had to explain it, which means it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd love to hear from Uncle Joe and his experience about malaria. So Absolutely. And I mean, because that's a pretty rotten, horrible thing to, to have. But my dad did not, thank goodness, come back. Good. With malaria, so, yeah. I like to eat! Oh, hey, I like to eat, too. This is maybe the most revolting question ever, but would you eat mosquitoes? Not on purpose. I swallowed a few by accident on my bike as a kid. (laughs) That was unpleasant, but uh, I wouldn't do it on purpose, no. Did you ever hear that made up, I I don't know if it's made up, or I don't know how they study these things, but that thing that says, like, in your lifetime you will have swallowed like seven spiders in your sleep yeah that's probably baloney but yeah we know we've swallowed more than seven mosquitoes if you have a bicycle (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) or inhaled them (laughs) oh god if you have a bicycle or a motorcycle i mean my friends drive a lot of motorcycles ride a lot of motorcycles and they're like yeah bugs in your teeth (laughs) hitting the road (laughs) oh my god No way, dude. Uh, Way. Oh, no. That's what I say about eating mosquitoes. Oh, and I've been on a motorcycle and had mosquitoes hit you while you're driving on a motorcycle. As a passenger, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle, but I'm not that (laughs) cool. So, yeah. Donna, Mm. is your brain a vast wasteland of useless information like mine is? Absolutely. Well, let's help people win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Now, the most common uh, mosquito in North America is called the Aedes aegypti, Mm -hmm. and they were actually introduced to the Americas in the late 15th century, probably on ships of the uh, transatlantic slave trade. These mosquitoes have a strong preference for human blood and artificial water containers like pots and barrels, so they survived the, the ship you know, to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this mosquito, in effect, became a domesticated animal. Yeah. Because it just, it, it loved being around people. Oh, and lovely. so over the next several hundred years, those mosquitoes made many people very ill, but those that survived develop a very high resistance to things like malaria and yellow fever and dengue fever. Yep. So a couple hundred years later, the Scottish and the French both attempted to set up trading colonies, but they suffered really heavy losses because their immune systems just couldn't handle the mosquitoes. And they they died. A lot of them died. Thousands of them died. Right. And then in 1780, while America was fighting its war for independence, British troops with no resistance whatsoever to malaria were incapacitated in South Carolina against troops who were 
they faced malaria every summer of their lives, basically. Right. So the British commander in the South, who was called uh, Lord Cornwallis, he attempted to move his troops north to get them away from the mosquitoes because they were in bad shape. But he was ordered by his superiors to move to the Tidewater area, where the mosquitoes were worse. Oh, good. <laughs> Malaria took hold, and half of his men, literally half of his men, were too sick to stand duty. And so while that was going on, the American and the French forces penned Cornwallis in and forced his surrender, and that, in effect, decided the outcome of the American Revolution. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the untold story of mosquitoes... Uh, in the American Revolution and the role that they played. Oh, it's really well. fascinating. I, I guess we have to salute the tiny mosquito then. <laughs> and they, there are still cases of malaria in the United States. It's largely been eradicated in the United States. It's, I think like by the late 40s, there was very, very few cases of malaria left. Um, but still, that's a long time for malaria carrying mosquitoes to be around the United States. Yep. And uh, even today, between 1957 and 2015, there have been 63 confirmed cases of mosquito-borne malaria in the United States. Ugh. Well, there's not very much of it, but you sure don't want it. Definitely not. So <laughs> we should get rid of all the mosquitoes, right, Donna? Yeah, you would think. You would think that would be the case. But, uh, and it's a question that's been studied with intensity, you can imagine. That's a good question. People are really passionate about mosquitoes one way or the other, and we, I mean, they're just a big problem for humans, so there's been a lot of studies about mosquitoes, so I'm going to talk about a, a paper that I found in Nature that talked about a world without mosquitoes. <laughs> <clears throat> so the important bullet points are there's 3,500 named species of mosquitoes on our planet, of which only a couple hundred bite or bother humans. Okay, so they live on every, sure. almost every continent and in almost every habitat, <laughs> and they serve an important function in several different ecosystems. So um, the paper kind of talks about, you know, if you wipe out a species of mosquito, you could leave a predator without a prey item. You could leave a plant without a pollinator. But then they also admit that those spaces would probably be fully, uh, quickly filled up with other animals, you know, that there's a niche there that uh, that wouldn't go unfilled because life's really good at filling in those gaps. But it's a question of do you want that, right? So they've That's won... a good question. <laughs> they have one scientist who said it's difficult to see what the downside would be to removal except for the collateral damage. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> so um he said the world would be more secure for us if we got rid of Aedes aegypti. It would be very significant for mankind. But we have to remember that they are food on the wing. They are delectable things to eat, and they're easy to catch. And there's, in fact, a fish that's evolved to be so specialized that it is called the mosquito fish because they eat. They're so effective at killing mosquitoes that they're stocked in rice fields and swimming pools as pest control. <laughs> yeah. And oh, they, yeah, we have that down here. Absolutely. Yeah, really? Well, they could go instinct if we got rid of mosquitoes so yeah. yeah people down here with koi ponds put those fish in their koi ponds because that's fresh water and it's a perfect place 
for mosquitoes to breed. So yeah, absolutely. We have those down here and also dragonflies. Right. If you like dragonflies, you'll want to keep the mosquitoes around because dragonflies are also very good at eating mosquitoes. Yeah. And there's a lot of species of spiders, salamanders, lizards, frogs that also would lose a primary food source. So, it you know, but on the other hand, most mosquito-eating critters would probably switch to other insects that might emerge in large numbers to take their place. Other insectivores might not miss them. Bats feed mostly on moths and stuff like that. So it's a six of one and half a dozen of the other. But it, it seems like most insect eaters would not go hungry in a mosquito-free world, but there's just not enough evidence to, to say what would happen if, if, that, if that happened. So. Yep. Um, so the stronger argument, the paper says, for keeping mosquitoes could be that they provide ecosystem services, the benefits that humans derive from nature. So there's a biologist in here that says being bitten by noceums or infected through them with viruses, protozoa, filarially worms. I can't say that. Filarially worms? Some, some kind you of nailed big, it. Some kind of annoying worm. Uh, <laughs> would love to er eradicate them. But because some of these are pollinators of tropical crops, such as cocoa, that would result in a world without chocolate. Oh, no, we can't have that. Yeah. Do people... See, here's the, the part of the human brain that's kind of broken, right? Would I prefer a world without sick humans from malaria that also contains no chocolate? Or am I willing to mentally give thousands of humans every year <laughs> malaria <laughs> so that I can have chocolate? <laughs> and we know the Is answer. Is it bad that I still want I know. Chocolate? We know the answer. Humans are yeah. pretty terrible. So. But... On the other hand, there's a lot of hands in this argument. The pollination isn't crucial for crops on which we depend. Okay, so, I mean, there are some people that say they depend on chocolate, and I'm sure they would argue, but I love this comment. This biologist said, if there was a benefit to having them around, we would have found a way to exploit them. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't wanted anything from mosquitoes except for them to go away. <laughs> yeah, at least he's being honest. She, actually, but... Uh, oh, she, yeah. sorry. Yeah. There's several ways that we've tried to get rid of mosquitoes in our war against the winged. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there are RNA interference-based insecticides, but their formulation is not yet developed enough to spray it in large quantities. They've tried male sterilization, hasn't been widely field-tested. Um, they've and tried... Um, chemicals improved chemicals but they kind of get immune to those pretty quickly so um you know evolution works fast in insects because they breed so quickly and so they're mm -hmm. like oh these babies all survived the chemicals and now they are resistance dun, 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 dun. <laughs> i'm resistant and then they have tried mosquito traps which are good for gardens or small islands, but not probably feasible on a larger scale. So anyway, the upshot is that uh, the effect of eliminating the harmful mosquitoes would be that you have saved many more people. And there's a lot of economies that could be rescued because they're not sapped by disease. Right. Um, so eliminating them would temporarily relieve human suffering. But... It, he, there's a biologist in here that says eradicating one vector species would be futile as its niche would be quickly filled by another. Yep. <laughs> and the paper sums up the whole argument against doing them by the following, which I'll just read. 
The romantic notion of every creature having a vital place in nature may not be enough to plead the mosquito's case. It is the limitations of mosquito-killing methods, not the limitations of intent, that make a world without mosquitoes unlikely. And so, while humans inadvertently drive beneficial species from tuna to corals to the edge of extinction, their best efforts can't seriously threaten an insect with few redeeming features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people will often say, just kill all the mosquitoes. And you know what they mean. They, they're coming yeah. from a good place and they don't want people to get sick anymore. But uh, as with a lot of things, it's a lot more complicated than just get rid of all the mosquitoes. Exactly. Exactly. And it sounds like we can't do it anyway, you know? Nope. Yep. <laughs> and who knows? The <laughs> thing that came along to fill their place in the ecology might be worse, so. It's like the beginning of a movie, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in a world without mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the Varmints Podcast this week. This podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music by Kevin McLeod. And it's the Rugrat Corner. This week, we asked Noah what he thinks about mosquitoes. What, what do you know about mosquitoes? A bug in the It's a bug? Yeah, and what, is, what does it do? No, no, no. Does it sometimes come and invite you? Yeah. Mosquitoes bite, don't they? Yeah. You know how sometimes we'd say, we don't want to let the mosquitoes inside. We got to close the door. Close the door. Got to close the door. Hey, Noah, I heard that scientists have figured out a way to get rid of mosquitoes altogether. Do you think they should do that? Mm -hmm. Or do you think that would disturb the ecosystem and the food chain? Mm -hmm. Do you think we should get rid of mosquitoes? Mm -hmm. You do. Would you be sad if there were no mosquitoes, or would you be happy because then they wouldn't bite you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, you know yeah. the best way to view mosquitoes? Mm -hmm. A giant splash on your window pane while driving to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank Toph and his son Noah for participating. Toph has the podcast called the Gravity Beard Podcast, which is wonderful, and I don't even know what it's about, but it's I, I'll. I've listened to a few episodes, and it's a podcast about nothing, like Seinfeld. Yes, it's great. You should go check and it out. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And we also have to thank Ernie for his suggestion this week. It was really fascinating. So thank you, Ernie. Yes, thanks, Ern. And thanks to all of you again for listening. And until next time. Be nice to animals. Except you, you know, you can kill a mosquito. You don't feel that bad. It's fine. <laughs>